Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, let's give it up to Jesus because he's worthy of all our praise. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, your presence. And God, we just pray that you continue to be with us as we get into your word and change our lives as we study, Lord God, and help me to teach this the, the way you want me to teach it, Lord, uh, no more, no less than exactly what you want me to say. And uh, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, God bless you. I hope you had a, a good day. Uh, it was a little wet out there a little while ago, but hey, this is Florida. I'll take that over snow any day of uh, the year. So, uh, but God bless you. Welcome those uh, online. We're glad that you're there. And those guests here in the room, God bless you. You've landed here on one of our Teaching Wednesdays. And uh, what our format looks like is our, our first Wednesdays is always uh, has like an evangelistic feel to it. And uh, that's a great night to bring people uh, just to experience just uh, that atmosphere. And then the following uh, Wednesdays, we do teaching on a certain book. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be teaching on the book of uh, Romans. So I get to start us off here tonight. And, uh, and then the last Wednesday is always like a prayer focus for our Wednesday nights and services. So those of you that are guests, I encourage you to stick around for a while. A while meaning like forever, okay? You've landed in a good, safe place uh, where you can uh, grow and, and the Word is, is solid. So uh, glad that you're here. Uh, tonight, as I get into this, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm just a teacher. Uh, that's, that's my heart. So I'm going to break down these, these uh, first few verses of Romans. And uh, I wanted to start off by just uh, telling you that there is power in the written word. There's power. And, and yes, in the word of God, obviously, but like writings are very, very powerful. They can change lives. And, and I actually found a few uh, writings that, uh, that, that had an impact on me. And, you know, there's, there's no one like little kids to tell the truth when, you know, they're, they're saying something. I've, I've got a couple of those that I wanted to share with you real quick. Uh, you can read it for yourself there. Yeah, I lost my tooth on 23rd of November, uh, of October. Now it's November 12th. I lost my tooth in pizza. I lost both today. You owe me a dollar. Not to be hard, but I need the money. <laughs> Don't we all? Gas is $5 almost. Have mercy. That, that tooth fairy, I don't know, in our house, they like... <laughs> Five bucks a tooth. I don't know. He understands inflation. Dear God, thank you for a baby brother. I prayed for a puppy. Aw. Puppies don't talk back. I guess he understood that. There's, I've got a couple more. <laughs> Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there right now. <laughs> I like that one too. And another one. This is awesome. Thanks for being such a great teacher. Teaching us stuff that we forgot already. <laughs> Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. <laughs> Ten words I can spell right. Ten words I can spell right are octopus seven two. <laughs> Kid's a genius. <laughs> okay, last one, I think. 
Mom, Dad, I love you, but you can't cut my hair. If you do, I will never forgive you. I love my hair. And guess you don't love me enough to do what I want for a change. My heart is broken. And those are buckets of tears. <laughs> hey, listen, there's, there, a bad haircut's a bad haircut. <laughs> Some writings, though, that had a much more serious uh, implication in, in history were letters like, a uh, letter to, that George Washington uh, wrote. He actually, uh, this letter actually helped him win the American Revolution. Washington wrote this letter to this operative and paid him $50 a month <laughs> to set up a espionage ring, spies, to just start spying in on, uh, on the British uh, and, and their movement. And it worked. They started uh, understanding and getting information on where they were going, and they started, uh, they just got stopped in every move, and it ended up uh, winning the war. The British uh, plans were continuously breached, so Cornwallis surrendered in 1781. A letter that was written, one letter. Uh, another a letter, more of a diary, was uh, Anne, uh, the diary, diary of Anne Frank. She wrote uh, this journal of the life of, uh, of someone, of a Jewish person going through the Holocaust. It's been read uh, by millions of people, and uh, it's quoted here, the significance of Anne Frank's diary lies in that its publication plays a vital role in the history of Holocaust memory or Holocaust public consciousness in the U.S. and then globally. It's the most famous account of life during the Holocaust. You know, and as powerful as those writings are, uh, this letter uh, to the Roman believers and then to all believers is powerful enough to change the course of history, was and is. Not only change the course of history, but change lives as well. So Romans 1.1 says this, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, uh, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. So here he is, he's dictating this letter uh, to the Romans right around 55 to 57 AD from the missionary road. This is actually uh, his third missionary trip. He was going from place to place, preaching the word of God, preaching the gospel, and setting up, uh, just establishing churches. So here he is at Corinth, preaching the word of God, and in the back of his mind, he's thinking about the Roman believers. Man, what a pastor, right? For him to be sharing the word of God with people wherever he went, and in the back of his mind, he's still thinking about believers in other places. So, uh, such a pastor's heart. So, one of the themes of this letter is freedom. It has several themes, but freedom is one of those, and my first point is this. You were meant to be free. We needed a few more amens than that. Well, you may say, I, I've never been a slave to anything. I, I know we don't like that word slave. In this context here, what was happening, yeah, there were slaves, and, and they became bond servants, and some of these uh, men and women, uh, they, they actually be. They, were, they loved their masters because their masters treated them well and said, I'm going to be a bondservant to you forever. So it wasn't always bad, but I know that that word slave, it's repugnant to many of us, um, especially in this country. Just, you know, what's awesome is that we get to celebrate 
uh, Juneteenth later on in this month. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation is one of my favorite presidents uh, because of this fact, just the fact that he put uh, this together. And in 1863, it became official. And then in June 19th, 1865, he uh, released uh, many, 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 I mean, 250,000 plus slaves were officially released. And we get, yeah, you can clap for that. Amen. Uh, let's not forget, though, that there's still uh, physical slavery to contend with here uh, in this world and in this nation. We just, we don't call it slavery anymore. We call it human trafficking. There's, there's a lot of people that, that are, are, are stuck in this, in this trap, and we need to pray for them. Why I like to talk a little bit about history, because personally, I believe history is trying to be rewritten by some people. So I like to share some history as we get into the Word, and it's just important for us to keep these things in mind. On the spiritual side of things, though, we were all slaves to something at one point or another. The Word of God tells us in Romans 6.16, it says, don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So what exactly can enslave us? Well, the umbrella of this would be lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, right? But if we were to break it down a little bit, uh, bad habits can enslave us. I, we know some of these. You can fill in the blank. I, I don't necessarily have to go and give you a bunch of examples, but I will. <laughs> But drugs, alcohol, yes, we understand, man, that, that can enslave people. There are people that are slaves to, uh, to substances. It's horrible. Uh, it, it takes lives every, every day. But what about the bad habit of comparison? Comparing yourself to, to others. And I'm, I'm not as good looking as them or tall as them or have as much hair as them or uh, I'm not as... Uh, I'm not as efficient as them. I mean, this comparison game is, it, it, it's really, it's a very bad habit. People can get stuck in that comparison. I, I pray that you, if you're, if you're stuck in that, I pray that tonight is the night you get unstuck. But understand this, you're unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's only one like you, unless you're a twin. And you would have to be an identical twin. And still, you don't have the same exact personality. Uh, I've got twins, and my wife and I have twins, and, and they're fraternal, so they look <laughs> nothing alike. Very different. And so are their personalities. I've got to tell you what happened uh, just uh, this past week. The boys are coming to camp here, and uh, they, were, they were at lunch, and I... I, uh, I was at lunch too, so I just snuck in there just to say hi to them. And I, I walk in the door, and one of my twins runs and clings to me. I mean, the whole body cling where he's just hanging, <laughs> legs and everything. And uh, he's a daddy, and wouldn't let me go. And so now I'm walking like this. I'm like, hey. And the other one is sitting down eating, and he's having some fruit. And I look at him, and he's, he sees me from the corner of his eye. <laughs> So I walk over, and I'm like, and I sit right next to him. He's still not lo quite looking at me. I'm like, hey, 
what you doing? He's like, he's, he looks at me, corner of his eye, he's like, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be working? I'm like, I'm on a lunch break, man. I came to see you. Just different personalities. And that's okay. We celebrate that uniqueness. Amen? Stop comparing yourself to other people. You've got talents. You've got, <laughs> you're unique. Relationships can, can become uh, just trouble. Relationships can bind us and blind us. I know there's some young people in here, so let me just shoot this out at them. Don't be so blind that you can't, that your, your love interest, is, you, they can't do any wrong. Oh, they're infallible. Let me tell you something. Everybody makes mistakes. There's no one perfect. You know when a relationship can enslave us is when we lift somebody up so high that they become our God almost. Okay? We've got to be careful with relationships. They can blind us. Then our emotions, our emotions can enslave us. Right? Fear, anxiety. Man, people are, are stuck in, in this, and it really uh, it, it traps them. Uh, it's, it's actually paralyzed some. I know that what we went through a couple years ago with COVID, that people are just, just, just scared. Uh, but uh, on the flip side of that, I, I had somebody just a few weeks uh, ago start uh, attending on Sundays again uh, in person. And those of you at home that you're still not quite there, I'm praying for your freedom. I'm praying for uh, whatever it is that's kind of, if it's anxiety and fear that's keeping you there, I'm praying that that's going to come off and you're going to come and be with God's people in person. We're believing for that. But this person came to uh, Michigan Street and uh, I saw her and I was just so happy to see her and I looked back and I sit in the front row. I looked back and saw her. I just left the front row in, in the middle of praise and worship just to go back there and give her a hug. And then I went and sat back down. And just this past Sunday, she'd been, she's been attending faithfully since then. This past Sunday, she comes by and she goes with tears in her eyes. She's like, that day that I came back for the first time, that hug that you gave me, you made me feel like a queen. I'm like, man, <laughs> that simple gesture of just, hey, you're important, you're valued, we, I love you, I'm glad you're back. But you know what, that simple gesture was because there was some fear there for the last couple years and she wasn't getting out. So emotions can, can uh, enslave us, material possessions can enslave us. We've been talking about this a little bit the last couple Sundays, right? You could become so indebted to things that you can't enjoy the things because you're out working to pay for the things. So are the things just serving you? Or are you serving the things? Nice car, nice motorcycle, nice house, nice this, nice that. But man, <laughs> rust and moth destroy, all right? We can't take any of these, thing, these things with us. And then the last one I'm going to mention here is, is uh, hang on, <laughs> technology <laughs> can enslave us. Uh, our, our, our phones People are looking at each other like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't nudge anybody. Man, our phone dings, and it's like, what, what? There's something, what? Oh, eh, come on. Our phones can, can, can get so much of our attention, and there's, there's like life and people around us that need our attention. Right? Yeah. And then 
you know, young people don't hate me, all right? But gaming, that can enslave you. <laughs> Get lost for hours and hours and hours in a game. And it's like, man, that's, that's life that later on, when you're not a gamer anymore, <laughs> you're like, man, I wasted how many years looking at that screen? Mm-hmm. And then social media, social media. Oh, Father, help us. We can get so caught up with what people think of us and social media and what we look like and what's going on and who's doing what that we sit there and literally waste hours and hours and hours. And, and, and it's, caused, it, it's caused life to be extinguished because of social media, people being bullied, people being picked on to the point where they, they just don't want to live anymore. Kids, I mean, God have mercy. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And then Psalm 119.45 says this, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. This verse gives us the answer to walking in freedom. Be devoted to his commandments. Be devoted to what he says. Young person and not so young person, be devoted to his commandments. Be devoted to what he says, and we're going to walk in freedom. You know, young people in the room, you can, you can walk in freedom from heartache if you just abide in him and walk in his word. I know sometimes we hear, yeah, but I've got to experience things for myself. Listen, if, 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 if someone has hit a brick wall, why do you have to hit a brick wall just to feel that it hurts? Why not just skirt the brick wall and, and keep moving forward and avoid that heartache? The only thing that can make you a slave is your own flesh. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says, As God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. We are made righteous in Jesus and are freed from everything that ever has had power over us. This letter to the Romans, it actually led to this national impact in Rome under Constantine by around 315 AD. Christianity became legal and accepted as a religion. And there was a good portion of Christians living in Rome and it actually started spreading through that area. And it was that truth of being made righteous through Jesus only found in this letter that actually led to the Protestant Reformation. That happened around 1571. And when I've got a picture of Martin Luther nailing his 95 thesis to the, to the church doors of a, of a cathedral, what happened was that the church of Jesus Christ was being oppressed and the word of God found in Romans set generations and nations free. This word, Romans. So Romans 1.1 says this. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. That sounds really glorious, doesn't it? Chosen by God to be an apostle. It sounds glorious, but Paul's past wasn't so glorious. He was ultra-religious, self-righteous, even murderous. That is until he encountered Jesus. It's in the book of Acts that we see 
this furious Saul heading towards Damascus to imprison and if need be, put to death every follower of Jesus Christ until Jesus encountered him. Oh, aren't you glad that day that you were furiously heading in one direction and then Jesus encountered you? That's what happened to him. He was changed forever. And the Lord put this very specifically on my heart. You are not unsavable. You are not unsavable. If you're watching online, you are not unsavable. I've got to tell you the story about Mr. West. Years ago, my wife and I went to go visit uh, this man, Mr. West. It was like right at the beginning when we came on staff. And, and Mr. West, uh, he was by, by uh, just what I heard from his, his friends or someone that cared about him enough to call a pastor to go talk to him. He was, he was kind of like on his deathbed, eaten away by cancer. He was a, a hard sinner, alcoholic, and, and literally like cancer was eating away at him. And I'm sitting there with Mr. West and I start talking to him about Jesus. And uh, after a little bit, he just looked at me and he's, he's like, I've been too ornery. Okay, most adults in here know what ornery means. For the young people in here, ornery means, well, remember Yosemite Sam and Bugs Bunny? Just shooting the place up, he's ornery. Mr. West was kind of like that, just rough, without the guns. And he says, I'm, I'm just ornery, I'm, he doesn't want me. And I started telling Mr. West about uh, that moment where Jesus found himself on the cross with two thieves, because they were ornery. Two thieves that were on the, their crosses next to Jesus, and they both deserved to be there because they were both convicted and do what they were getting. One, one thief looks to Jesus and says, if you're the son of God, get yourself off of this cross and get me off too. And I told Mr. West, the other thief talked to the first thief and said, you and I deserve to be here. This man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. That man acknowledged who Jesus was, acknowledged his kingship, his kingdom, repented, acknowledges sin, and Jesus turns to him and says, today you will be with me in paradise. And that thief, in the last moments of his life, got saved. And I told Mr. West, I said, you're not as ornery as him. Do you wanna give him your life? And he said, yeah. And I led him to Jesus Christ. He gave his heart to, to the Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> and then a couple days later, he went on to be with him. So now back to Paul. Paul calls himself a servant. He, he refers to himself as called and set apart for the sole purpose of preaching the gospel. So Romans 1 verse 2 says this, God promises good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scripture. i got to share this with you. Jesus fulfilled 360 plus uh, prophecies. He fulfilled 360 plus prophecies that were written way before he even was born, his earthly birth. 
The mathematical odds of one man fulfilling all these are staggering. And so staggering that Westmont College out in California assigned 600 students to work out the chances mathematically of one person fulfilling these prophecies. After a lot of work, they finally came up with their answer. The possibility of one person fulfilling the messianic prophecies is this number. One in, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. One in, behind me, thank you. One in 10, that number. (laughs) You think, I was like, okay, what does that, no, it's not 10 to the power of 157, no. It's one in 10, and you have to put 157 zeros behind that 10. One in a bazillion. I just made up that word. One in a bazillion. There's not even a word for that. I just made it up. I've got five-year-olds. I can't. (laughs) One in 10 bazillion. There's not even a word to describe that. As the professor concluded, he says, any man who rejects Christ as the Son of God is rejecting a fact, proved perhaps more absolutely than any other fact in the world. Jesus is, was the Son of God. All right, verse 3 and 4. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ's lineage is important. Uh, it, It shows his humanity. And Christ's humanity was necessary for identifying with us, with his creation in our trials, temptations, and tribulations. Some people have said, I'm sure, have said, you know, Jesus, he can't. He doesn't know how I feel. He's not been in my situation. Let me tell you something. He has. He was tempted in every way that man has been tempted. He was poor. Jesus said, the Son of Man has no place to put his head. He was despised. He was betrayed. Have you ever had to deal with betrayal? He was betrayed and betrayed by one of his inner circle at that. With a kiss. He was persecuted. He suffered physical pain. And he endured the sorrows of a lingering and the most cruel death on the planet. Only a human being could experience these things and only a human being could fully understand them through experience. So he knows our pain. He's walked through it. Continuing on here in verse 6 and 7. It says this, and you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. You know, Paul stated that he was a servant, he was called, he was set apart. Can I tell you that you too are to live as someone who is a servant, called and set apart? You are to live as someone who is a servant, called and set apart. But for what, though? And this is just my second point, to bring the gospel to those around you. To bring the gospel to those around you. You know, I know the thought of that may bring some some thoughts of how do I even do that? People around you are a lot more open than what you think. Let me start there. You know, God's designated you to spread his word. So he will set up divine appointments 
and you have no idea what God will do with your obedience in that moment. Uh, I've got to tell you about what, what happened to me one time, just not too long ago. I, I went to go pick up Judah uh, from the dojo. That's where he trains, and, and there's Judah and this little girl, Elena. As I got there, the instructor said, there's a little girl here, Elena. She's got a lot of questions about God. She started asking me, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. I don't know all the answers, and I don't know any of those answers. Actually, I know somebody that may have some answers. He'll be here in a little bit. And then I showed up. <laughs> And here was Elena, and she, she straight up had a list of questions. I think I got a picture of the list of questions, too, so that we could look at that. It's coming. <laughs> she had all these questions written down, all these, like, pretty deep questions. Um, there you go. You can't. It's hard to read, but is the devil an actor in the God movie? Yes. That was easy. <laughs> is Jesus real? Uh, is the devil a person? Do you believe in God? Yes or no? I like the fact she gave me those options. <laughs> Did God make the sun? <laughs> is the devil real? She's, that one, she's hanging on that one. How did God make us? How did God make us with clay? Why did Jesus die for us? Did God make the earth? How old is God? I like this one. Who made God? <laughs> I'm like, I, I was, when I was a kid, I was stuck on that. Yeah, but who made him? <laughs> no, he's eternal. Everything started, originated with him. There are people that are completely unaware of Jesus Christ and what he did for them. I know that's hard for us to believe, but there's people all around us. Maybe not in this room, but in our workplace, in our schools, just in our neighborhoods, have no idea. You say, Who's, have you heard of Jesus? And they're like, who? I, I don't know who Jesus is. There are people that don't know him, and there's people that know him and just have a lot of questions. As I was sitting there just answering some of these questions for Elena, there were people that were listening. There were other kids around, and there were other parents around, and I, she, would just, I, she was rattling them off, and I, I just took it. I was like, here, this one is this and this and this. And then another parent was there and, and says, oh, Elena, we're all God's children. And I'm like, slam on the brakes. I'm like, I didn't want to, like, uh, correct her in front of children. I just waited. And then I pulled her aside, and I'm like, we're not all his children. We're, we may all be his creation, but we're not his children until he becomes our father. And we don't become his children until we acknowledge his son. It's like... That's major. And she was like, oh, okay, okay. There's people around us that need to know, that are, have questions. So don't be afraid of questions. You've got the Holy Spirit with you. And, and Jesus said something very, very specific in John 14, 26. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I love the fact that, that the Holy Spirit is, he operates in our lives when we open our lives up to him. Because he does bring to remember some things that we're like, where'd that come from? Oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit. But I found a way here and, uh, that, that may help us just remember uh, 
how to just share the gospel with somebody, okay? So it'll be on the screen here. First of all, God created us to be with him. God created us to be with him. This was one of those Elena questions. She's like, why did God create us? And I said, because he, he wanted children. He wanted us to be with him and abide with him forever. And he created us like him with the free will. Because he wants us to love him for who he is and what he's done. He wants us to love him freely. And not like the angels. The angels are different. They were kind of made to do certain jobs. And they just do it. And they have no choice because that's, that's what they were created for. But, but he created you and I. He created man so that we would, we would want to be with him and love him. And, and live with him. God created us to be with him. I put there just Genesis 1 and 2 because this is where you can find all this. The next one is our sins separate us from God. You find this in Genesis 3. That's pretty self-explanatory. We've talked about it. From, uh, the, from creation and, and this, the disobedience that happened with our uh, four, four, four fathers, Adam and Eve, right, our four parents. That, that disobedience and them listening to voices that they should have just rebuked and stopped, and they listened to it, right? That caused separation. Our sins separate us from God. Then sins cannot be removed by good deeds. No amount of money or good deeds or good moral standard can remove our sin. Look, there's, there's a bunch of good people in the world. I understand that. But the issue is not about being good. It's about acknowledging the sacrifice of a son that came acknowledging him and by if we if we don't acknowledge him and we just oh i don't believe that we then we reject him but but that's important that was one of the issues going on going on right before the protestant reformation that religion became and it became this thing where men be, got too much power and they actually started selling salvation hey give and then you'll be saved all right? You can look it up. Then paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. What's awesome is that of all the religious leaders in the world, Jesus' tomb is empty. All the others, their bones are still there. You can go and visit the site. <laughs> the tomb is empty. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Everyone. We can all be called, uh, we can all call upon the name of the Lord. And you know what? He's called, he's called out that salvation call to everybody. Everyone. He calls out wanting all men to be saved. But we've got to be the ones to call on his name and repent and acknowledge him. Then life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. So you can take a picture of that. Spells out gospel and everything. Cool? Someone's coming to the keys. And let me tell you, um, God's called us to freedom, but not just freedom so that we can be happy and just, okay, yay, I'm free, but free uh, to share this freedom with others that are not so free. 
There are a lot of people that are bound by things. And they're, they're just waiting for you and me to come and just answer some questions. Let God do the rest. Just be there. And look, there's nothing wrong in saying, you know, I don't have the answer to that question. But I'll find out and I'll get back with you. That's okay. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.